Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. North Dakota State head coach Matt Entz, now a part of the Lincoln Riley staff, or will be at USC. Ryan Abraham, our go-to at InsideTroy.com covering USC. Ryan, what kind of a hire is this, and and, uh, and kind of how much it does boost his staff? Yeah, I think uh, to go out and uh, and get some, you know, additions to this defensive staff. You know, getting uh, Danton Lynn over from UCLA, I uh, thought was a big one, just because you're taking a, a coach away from a rival. And whenever you get a head coach that's had a lot of you know a, a lot of success, uh, even at the FCS level, to kind of join your staff and uh, both are things as a position coach, you know, position coach, and it'll be a little bit more than that, I think, for him, but. Uh, I think it's a good one for, for USC. It probably means that Brian Odom, who came over with Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, is probably not going to be on the staff anymore. But we, we thought this was going to be more than just a defensive coordinator offseason. The defense was bad all around. I don't think anybody's job was safe. So it looks like a pretty good hire, at least on paper, uh, so far for Lincoln Riley. How much does Lincoln Riley need to do this to get um, kind of his, his swing back? Because – you know, the, the way that they, you know, lost at the end of last season, the way that this season did not go with the best player in America, uh, how they wanted to go, does does he need the defense to help him reestablish that he's Lincoln freaking Riley? It, that's a great way to put it. And uh, it's hard for me because when you go out and hire somebody with that sort of resume, you know, you they have a little bit of a leash. You give them some time and I don't know if it was just the style of offense, especially a lot of the old school USC fans don't want to see. They still want to see like student body left, student body right, all that kind of stuff. There's the, anything associated with an air raid, and not that he runs that fully, but there's, I think that just kind of gets downvoted by fans just in general. If you're winning, it's fine. But once you, like you mentioned, the end of last year didn't end the way they wanted. They start off 6-0. and They weren't even behind in a game for the first five games, and then they lose five of the last six and just look terrible, especially on the defensive side. He's lost a lot of the fan base, which to me is kind of shocking, but I guess this is, that's the way modern college football works right now. So I think some of it is just sort of getting some of that back uh, from the fans just to you know, be like, hey, I'm still looking, like you said, I'm still looking for Riley. We're going to get the defense fixed. The offense is still going to be good, and win a bunch of games going to the Big Ten. But he his the you know, the shine has come off a little bit and uh, I think it's faster than I ever thought it would be, but you know, like I said, it's probably just the way college football is right now. Ryan, as far as uh, Matt Ince goes, I mean, what have kind of been your initial, I guess, in, in your research things that stood out, but also where does he, in your mind, get started when it comes to uh, getting to work on, on retooling this defense? Yeah, I think if you go back, you know, four or five years, uh, even, you know, later in the Clay Helton era, and, you know, different defensive coordinators, different linebackers, they just have not got a lot of production out of the linebacker spot. I mean, they've had like a guy like Tuli Tufalotu leading the nation in sacks. They've had guys have like all American type of 
seasons, like a Kalen Bullock in the secondary. And they've had talent at linebacker. They just haven't been able to have these guys that are, you know, very productive. And that's, I think that's where you want a lot of your production to come from. You know, I mean, it's, if it's, if your secondary is making a lot of tackles, there's probably something wrong in your front seven. I think the linebackers can fix a lot of problems up front and, you know, and behind them. And it just seems like they've not been productive there. So, uh, you know, recruiting and, and talent acquisition and all that stuff, you know, is, is important. But I think really developing that position and having them putting guys that are athletic in a position to shine and, you know, lead the team in tackles and uh, get a bunch of takeaways. Whatever you need to do, to get that production going at the linebacker spot, you could just impact so much from there. And USC's just been, it's sort of been like a, a black hole. So I think that's the biggest thing. Develop these guys a little bit, but get them to be productive members. They just, we just haven't seen that kind of production that you need at a linebacker spot for several years at USC. Ryan, only because we like to clarify things. Obviously, Caleb Williams is not going to play in the bowl game. He's going to be perhaps the number one pick in the draft. I can't imagine maybe one or two. Drake May is entering the draft too, but... Uh, was there any kind of disagreement between Lincoln Riley and Caleb on opting out of the bowl game? Is that just smoke that was out there from social media type people? Yeah, we haven't heard anything along those lines. They were kind of keeping everything sort of close as far as like what, you know, what he was going to do. I mean, Caleb, you know, his family had said things about potentially coming back, but it just none of that sort of, Pass the smell test over, you know, when people would ask me, I'm like, I, I can't see any scenario where he would come back, but it's called, you know, anything could happen. Um, but yeah, I think this is just more, it's kind of a business decision. If it was a better bowl game, I think, you know, he's the kind of guy when, you, you know, he's just a very competitive player. And if it was playing in a New Year Six bowl or a better bowl, or obviously even at like the playoffs, I think he's playing for sure. But the fact that they lost five or last six, you know, playing in a bowl game is probably not going to help his draft stock all that much. So I feel like that's just sort of like the decision that was made there. But I, to my knowledge, there wasn't any sort of rift between those guys. They seem to be, you know, pretty close as far as, you know, working together, you know, the, the two seasons that they were at USC and, then, of course, the season in Oklahoma, too. So I kind of think that's sort of where it was. And if they were in a better bowl game, he probably would have played. But because it was, you know, just a holiday bowl, you're 7-5, and five, uh, just kind of move on and get ready for the draft. All right, finish this sentence for me, Ryan. The starting quarterback in 2024 at USC will be? I have no idea. I would say uh, right now it's probably – I'm going to go Miller-Moss. Uh, they have Malachi Nelson, who was the five-star, but we just haven't seen a lot of him. He came in sort of banged up a little bit, and Miller-Moss has really just been the guy, the number two guy. He's going to get all the first-team reps and practice getting into the – the bowl game, but I, I think it's still TBD because they're, you know, we know that Lincoln Riley's met with like Will Howard from Kansas State, and there's other players, you know, like, uh, you know, Cam Moore, guys that are just in the mix as far as like being talked to. And maybe they haven't, you know, he maybe he hasn't made a decision to bring somebody in. But I feel like you could bring somebody in, uh, like a stopgap, like a, a, you know, a fifth year guy that's going to play one year. You could bring in someone that's younger that would have more time to sort of develop and uh, it'd probably be more of a competition where you're not just bringing in a guy to be the, the starter, or you could bring in a depth guy because they're not going to have a lot of scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. So maybe you, it goes with Miller Moss or Malachi Nelson and you bring someone else to kind of help with depth. So I think there's some options for Lincoln Riley. My gut is though, he's going to go out and get somebody, but since they haven't got anybody yet, I'm going to go with Miller Moss and then, 
uh, we'll see, you know, after that. Maybe, you know, he could wow everybody, bowl practices and, and then the bowl game and uh, kind of secure it or at least, you know, give him a, a leg up when it comes to starting spot next year. But if I had to bet, I, I'm betting he's probably going to bring somebody in over the next couple of weeks. And then that person would likely be the, the favorite in the clubhouse to be the starter next year. Right, it's interesting. Uh, the Pac-12 title game came down to two teams that'll be going along with USC to the Big Ten. Uh, Texas ends up winning the Big Twelve in their final, you know, season. Obviously, USC would have liked to have ended things similarly. Uh, but what was that final season in the Pac-12 like, from your point of view? Was it hostile crowds? Was it anything different, really, or is that just kind of a media creation? How, how did you feel about that final run in the Pac? Yeah, you know, USC didn't get to play either team that's staying. So they, they lost, or they, didn't, they missed Washington State and Oregon State, but everyone else was leaving. So <laughs> it's kind of one of those things that you can't really be hostile anymore. If, if the Pac 12 had tried to stay together and maybe just Colorado left and everyone else stayed and they were going to add like San Diego State, I think it might have changed things. Like, you know, playing Utah or, um, you know, playing Arizona, you know, those kind of schools, I think it would be a little crazier. But because everybody sort of just dispersed and everyone left, um, I don't think there was that way. I, I think maybe like the at the Apple Cup and the Civil War. I think you know the, you know Washington and Oregon were able to win both those. But I think both those teams, you know, that were left behind, the, the you know the Cougars and the and the Beefs, I think were both you know kind of fired up for that one. But I think if if, if it was only USC and UCLA leaving, or maybe just Colorado come joining them, I think it would have been a little bit more hostile. But because everyone was going, I think everyone was sort of worried. You know, take care of your own house as opposed to worrying about oh, USC screwed the Pac-12 and sank this ship, so we're going to get mad. It just seemed like everybody was kind of doing their own thing. Do you like the fact that Oregon and Washington are joining the fray as well? I think it's better for West Coast. I mean, just because I think this tra- that we don't know how this travel thing is going to work out, mm-hmm. especially with uh, the you know non-revenue sports. I, I think that's not going to be something you could sustain. I think they're going to have to figure that out sooner rather than later. But the, the football part you can do. But having some West Coast uh, partners here, which it's not an easy trip to get to Seattle, but it's, it's easier than getting to like Maryland. So I, <laughs> I feel like if you're um, going to have some West Coast schools with you, having big brands like Oregon or Washington would help. I mean, Cal Stanford, like those are, you know, it would be nice just because they're kind of rivals. They played each other forever and they're still in the state. It's a quick trip, but they're just, they don't, they haven't taken football as seriously as like an Oregon or a Washington has. So I, I think it makes the Big Ten Conference a lot better and just having some West Coast kind of partnership. It, you know, it, it's also something where like, you know, Penn State's only West Coast trip would, might not be to USC or UCLA. They might have to go to, you know, Seattle or something too. Uh, so I feel like it's, you know, if you were to only two teams on the West Coast, I think you'd be a little bit of a disadvantage. And having a couple more teams, I think, helps spread that out a little bit. But it's still going to be tough. I mean, those are tough road trips. But I think it's, I think it's good for those teams to have some extra West Coast schools there uh, on the football side. And we'll see. You know, I think it helps with the Olympic sports and stuff as well. Yeah, and USC can still cross paths with Cal and Stanford in the airport as USC is going to Rutgers and uh, Cal and Stanford are going to North Carolina to play their, their <laughs> conference games. Wild world of realignment, right? It's crazy. I mean, it's hard to imagine that this is really happening. And, you know, we're still waiting on the exact schedule for Oregon State, Washington State. The fact they don't even know who they're going to play. I mean, they know who they play, but not like when they're playing and all that stuff is crazy. And all the schedules came out later. And when you sort of like reset and go through the offseason and be like, all right, uh, next year, here's what the schedule looks like. It's just nuts. And uh, I, 
it's just one of those things where you're going to like look around halfway through the schedule and go, Oh my God, this isn't working. Why are we doing this? Uh, it's for money. But you know, I, I feel like we might have some moments like that, especially on the, you know, non-revenue sports side, like, oh, I don't even know what's going to happen there, but it's, it's sort of like, it was just like this uh, avalanche. You're just kind of, there's no way to stop it. And it happened. And we're going to like, kind of look at the aftermath after, you know, next season and we go like, what did we do? But mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll see, but it's uh it's, it's a crazy time for sure. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, um, you know, different when like the, those non-revenue coaches like all walk into the athletic director's office together and be like, we are not going to keep doing this. Like, this is insane. Uh, and then that, like, that'll just, that, I, I do think Ryan though, that'll work itself out where you'll get your regional conferences back. Just not for football. That would make the most sense. And college football is as nutty as it gets. I mean, it doesn't always make sense, but I mean, I think you could, you could do this where it doesn't matter what conference you play, you know, if it's a non-revenue sport, play people in your region, you know, and um, we've already had things set up, you know, with Pac-12 and all the different conferences. So it, that would just make a lot of sense where you don't have to have everybody. Football is just different. I think over the years, people didn't want to treat it differently. They didn't want, you know, I don't think it should be part of Title IX. I mean, it just, it creates all this revenue for every sport that's out there. It's almost like it has to be a, a separate organization, I think. And, We'll see. I mean, maybe that's going to happen going forward, but it's, I don't think you can keep college football and like water polo categories just going forward. It just doesn't make much sense. I, I appreciate it. Again, Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com, inside Troy. Craig? So, Ryan, before we let you go, going back to the, the Trojans specifically, so the change at defensive coordinator, the, the changes uh, on the staff, kind of what remains, uh, I guess, besides the Caleb Williams decision, what is on y'all's radar as far as the, the big moves to be made here in the next few weeks and months? So, got to see about the staff, uh, you know, already and kind of where that goes and you know I, I guess sort of you know what what he's going to change as far as team and um, prepare and will practices be different and all that I think he turned UCLA around and what he do that in college football with a defensive coordinator just you know different scheme different everything and you can kind of with the same personnel UCLA from to from defense to like the teams. They've done a lot better with not really adding a lot of people. That's the, the biggest one you're going to do this offseason. But really, just hasn't gone as well. High school recruiting for Lincoln Riley. I think USC is not the best when it comes to NAI. All right. Ryan, thank you very much. We lost you there uh, for a little bit. Ryan Abraham on mainly the uh, coach from North Dakota State joining the staff, but a lot of things, USC, after an incredibly disappointing year uh, with what they ended up at 7-5. and five. This has been a Rogue Media Network 